and welcome everybody to another winning Wednesday here on the Heat Ratio Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Catillo at TCatillo23, joined by my co-host, John Coker at PGHJohn36, and joined by Coach Dave. Coach Dave here. How's everybody doing tonight? Oh, that Coach Dave sounds good this week. We gave, we gave a couple of mic lessons, man. He's, he's doing really good. Today is National Respect for Parents Day. I think we could probably spend a, a whole show on National Respect for Parents Day because I don't think the kids are as respectful as they were when we were growing up. Um, we were given a lot more stricter rules, and we didn't have Fortnite, and we didn't have phones, and you know we didn't have we didn't even have pagers. We didn't have anything back then, um, you know, until we were a teenager. So you know, it reminds me of that. What was that song by um, uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince? About the parents. Parents just don't. Yeah, understand. I heard that. Yeah, remember that song? Yep. Yeah, so, you know, I, I don't know. Do you think these kids respect us like we used to respect our mom and dad? Oh, it's not even close. No. I don't know. You just knew what line not to push, and you kind of never stepped over that line. But, and look, kids don't respect the parents, but I also think a lot of parents don't draw the line and stick to their guns. And it's always a little bit of leeway. You know what I mean? Like, or you mean man. like mommy leeway well, and daddy leeway? I, I'm not, yeah, not, well, not, you know, no, no offense to all the mommies out there, but I'm just saying. I mean, I mean mommy's got to, you know, step in every now and then and not get the phone call at work. You know, you need to talk to this kid of yours. Why well, it's always got to be my kid when he's bad? Oh no! See, I get the opposite. <laughs> he won't listen to me. It takes me wow. three seconds to raise my voice. And start the threats, and all of a sudden everything's solved. But then I yell too much. I don't know. That's that. That's my disciplining. Uh, you yell too much. Surprise. <laughs> Nobody obviously hasn't been evident on the sideline. Nobody's watched Mr. Coacher, Mr. Coker, coach soccer. Hey, that's a tongue twister. Say that like three times real fast. Probably can't. Nah. nah, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. But you know, this is a uh, you know very exciting day. Yesterday was the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Uh, ended at 4 o'clock. There was a lot of eyes on the Phillies, obviously. There was a lot of eyes on you know, the Yankees, a lot of eyes on the Braves, teams that are in the hunt. Uh, but, you know, I'll start off with a surprising move. And I, I know John, I, you know, his bald head is gleaming over there with excitement when he came over because, you know, the young and talented Chris Archer from Tampa Bay, who had a fire sale, we'll get into that later, and traded their top-notch guy, Mr. Chris Archer, to your Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, it was it was a shocker. I mean, I will tell you, in at least 20 years, I cannot remember the Pirates' in-season or even off-season free agent trade never bringing in a chip like this. And I wish they did it, you know, a few years back when they were, you know. When, when McCutcheon was in his heyday, yeah, right? When they were really pushing for the for the wild card. You know what I mean? Really pushing for the division. And when that. Marte was on roids before he got steroided up. And- yeah. Before he got tested. Or before he got caught. But, <laughs> but, I mean, but I'm just happy to see for once ownership actually putting forth the effort to do something. I mean, they also got uh, Keone Kayla from the, the... Who? Closer from the Rangers. Well, he wasn't... <laughs> so, anyway... They Is that both, Kiki? No. <laughs> no. No, I know who you I know who you mean. No. No, but, yeah. I mean, they, they, filled, they filled a relief pitch depth pitching depth they they got you know the top starter out there who's controllable for years and that was that's key well that's key that's the only reason why they did it they weren't going for no rental 
But when they're looking at a younger player that they still have control over at a decent price, I mean, they did give up Austin Meadows, who was – I mean, he is – I don't know who that is. Well, he's one of the top prospects is in he? baseball. Yeah. he's In, in a, baseball or in Pittsburgh? In both. I mean, uh, he's in – I top, never heard of him. He, he's in the – I don't know, probably top 30 overall. But he's an outfielder. And then we got rid of Glassnow that never He was turned. back and forth. He looked like he, he was he, he was he, back and forth. Yeah, he pitches 100 mile, 100 mile an hour and he's so big. He's like Randy Johnson. He may come into his own in a couple years, but he's so wild. Like enough with the experiment. Like he's been flirting. I, I mean, this was the guy that was coming up three actually when we were in the wild card race. It was, "Oh, he what if we get him up? What if we call him up?" 3 years he has not progressed. So it's see you later. Chris Archer, welcome. When were, wait, when I, you'll help me out because it refreshed my memory. But when were they in the wild card race? Uh, see, I knew you were going to start playing. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Twenty fifteen. Okay. And who was who was that? There, who was, was that? Ace? They had. Uh, they have one. Well, they had Garrett Cole. They had AJ Burnett. They, they did have they Burnett. Had Francisco okay. Liriano. Ah, that. This I was. I was. At all the, right, bro. I, I, like I was that. at the wild card game. Or no, I, yeah, at the wild card game in PNC Park when Cueto was pitching, oh. I was I was up in the Dick Sporting Goods box seat when that crowd was yelling Cueto, Cueto, and then he just completely lost it on the mound. If you guys haven't seen clips of it, watch. No, it. I, honestly, no. Oh yeah, he completely lost it. I, he had a wild pitch. He had to have the the uh, the coach, you know, the coach come up for a mound visit. It was it was sick, and that crowd was crazy. So I'm hoping we got some more to cheer about. He had a "Who's Your Daddy" moment. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what about uh, Bryce Harper and the rumors that he is definitely on a trading block with the Washington uh, Nationals? Well, you know that that came out probably. It was funny. I think it came out Monday afternoon, and obviously trade deadline was 4 p.m. Tuesday, and the, and the rumors just started. And obviously, uh, over the weekend, there were some issues. Uh, you know, Harper, uh, you, you know, listen, we all know who he is. We all know he has a little chip on his shoulder. Uh, we all know he has a little attitude. Uh, you know, he had some words with the manager. They talked about it. He was very vocal about being competitive. Um, and then after that, all of a sudden, he's on the trade market. Uh, you know, but he didn't get traded because they said they fielded packages for him. But they were just trying to see what they could get in a return. Listen, just face it. This guy's gone for Washington. He's not coming back. He's not signing. Um, that team's lost, in my in my opinion. It's completely lost. Um, and you know, they're 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 it's it's the Phillies, it's the Braves in the NL East. I I don't even consider Washington a threat right now. But if you ask me, somebody asked me on, on Facebook, would you trade the same package? that you offer for Machado for Harper, I said not only would I do it, I would go to Washington and pick him up and bring him here myself. Now, a lot of people don't agree with that because they don't like Bryce Harper, but listen, man, you plug him in as your number four hitter on this team, I'll tell you what, dude, that dude will hit 50 easy with that right field in Citizens Bank Park. Well, if any Philly fan doesn't want Bryce Harper, um, they should leave in my opinion. They, they should go to Pittsburgh well, and be a, a, a Pirate fan. Okay, yeah. That's a low blow. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say it. I, you know, but I agree. I, listen, I have argued and argued with people, okay? You know, a lot of people say, 
you know, my, you know, I have hot takes and I have these weird ideas and I just got labeled. I have a new club called the 10 percenters because I said 90 percent of the time I'm right and only 10 percent I'm wrong. So they label me as the ten percenters, but did you make uh, up that club yourself? Yeah. No, actually, no, nobody yeah. backs your club. There's yeah. nobody in your club, dude. <laughs> Just you. Actually, that was on a whim. Uh, you know, at, at Philly Mike, shout out from uh, Green Legion, who we do shows with at PhillyInfluencer.com. He gave me that day. He gave me that fan club. Uh, he's the over, you know, overly optimistic guy who, you know, everything's rainbows for him. He's like the little leprechaun of Lucky Charms. He's constantly sliding over the rainbow to the pot of gold. We actually call him Skittles because he's always happy. But, um, yeah, he labeled me that. And you know what? I, you know, I have, for some reason in Philadelphia, we can't get past the fan, right? The fan perspective all the time. Look inside the numbers. Look what this team needs. Look what he would do for this, not only their defense, but their offense. I don't care if he has an attitude. I want that. I want that guy to come out of the clubhouse with you know, with a chip on his shoulder and, and show who he is and what this team is about. Right now, this team has zero identity. Zero. Hoskins has no identity. Kapler, zero identity. Clintac is vanilla as a $5 bill. That whole organization has zero personality. Give me somebody with a freaking lifeline, okay? And that's a guy who would have one. What? No, I, I, I want to, I'll tell you what. Get Harper, and by the end of the year, <laughs> oh, no, here we go. No. Him and Gabe are going to be sipping on uh, green leaf nutrition shakes or something, kicking back, and you know what I mean? Green uh, it, leaf it, it, nutrition it, yeah. shakes. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to be polar opposites that would just mesh and be BFFs. Watch. <laughs> Harper, it, oh Harper is much needed in that he's 26 years old, and uh, what he would do for the program would not only help us win, but I also believe it would draw more talent to come here and play and help us win. Bryce, yep. defensively, you said it. He is very good in the outfield and can play multiple positions in the outfield. Um, Did anybody watch the Phillies game the other night? Did anybody watch the gem that Aaron Nola threw against probably the bet, one of the best, if not the best lineup in baseball? Four hits, and because that knucklehead Mr. Oduble, El Tarico, or whatever they want to call him, misjudged, misjudged a, a fly ball to center field, we lose the game. So, if Bryce Harper's here, maybe we don't lose that game. Uh, that's a great point. I have a 15-year-old son that plays Legion Baseball, and one of the first things we teach in outfield is, and I said it to him in the car, what do you do when that ball is hitting the outfield? Freeze on a line uh, drive. Okay. You freeze on a line drive because you don't know if it's going to be short or you're going to have to turn back and sprint for it. He did not. He started in yep. immediately, which is the cardinal sin of an outfielder. Coming in first is absolutely the worst thing to do, and not only did he make that mistake defensively, but how about his oh base the base running? Oh, Are you kidding me? He ran all the way up on the third and got tugged like it was nothing, and then Reese had got thrown out there. Uh, Reese was wrong for you don't run home at third when the ball's hit on the left side, right? He that, sprints home. I even know that. And on coast baseballers know that absolutely. Absolutely. But now you make a great point. I mean, base running, defense. Listen, I know he's got a bat. I get that. But, you know, he just has these these horrific brain farts every now and then 
That seriously, that 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 this cost get listen, here's the problem. We're out of the learning stage. Even though we're young, we're competing for a pennant right now. Okay, so these games matter. These mistakes matter. Okay, I can't have my 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 center my all star or not all star center fielder, okay, my you know, top paid player on the team make a mental mistake like that at the end of September when I'm vying for a pennant against the Braves. I can't have that. And unfortunately, I'm always going to worry that Oduble is going to make the bad mistake at the worst time. And until until he shows me otherwise, I don't think that concern's ever going to go away. Oh. John's like, I whatever. Mean, no, I'm saying, look. I got, I got Archer. Things happen. I, no, whatever. No. <laughs> See, no, that's not at all. Yeah, it but, is. No, yeah, but, it is. Look, th- those guys—they got to perform, all right. And they're everybody performs at different levels at different times. He's not doing what he needs to do, all right. He got to be smarter and f- quit forgetting about the contract. Forget, quit forgetting about everything else. And that's what so many of these guys need to do is just focus on the basics. And they get so caught up in all the stuff, especially with like. The social media, oh, watch me do this crazy ball flip in the stands or something. You know, whatever they're doing, it doesn't matter. Who does that? I don't I don't know. I, I see stuff. They. What uh, channels are you watching? I'm, I'm watching highlights. I got right. <laughs> I'm watching highlights. But ain't ESPN highlights. That's all I know. But God. They're probably Pirates highlights. Yeah, I hear Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> That's uh, one of the best things to watch at the game. Uh, stop. With the, Do they even show pirate highlights? That's what I'm thinking, Dave. I, I, I don't remember the last time they, I saw a pirate They will be now. They will be now. The last highlight I seen was, let, let, let me tell you the last two pirates highlights I seen. McCutcheon, is he done? Is he washed up? Let's get rid of him. Marte, doing roids. Suspended. 50 games. Top two highlights. Hi, oh, Lariano, can he find his, Is he wild? Is he ever going to win a game again? They're the last three highlights I've seen for the Pirates. Those aren't highlights. Those are the national hey, news stories. And well, that's that, well, that's the problem. There's nothing positive there, man. Well, there is now. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. They do have a great stadium, I will say. Their that, you know park is a phenomenal yes. bar park. That's the best thing about being a Pirates fan, I guess. Better than Citizens Bank Park? Uh, I would say yes. Honestly. Even if you're being biased? Uh, well, if I'm being biased, the bank is the place. Uh, but <laughs> my honest side is that the Pittsburgh ballpark, if you haven't been there, it's a must-go-to. And and if you go, I highly recommend park down at Station Square, take the ferry over. You don't deal with the traffic. And it is like – it is an amazing – you know, if you're making it a yeah, day, yeah. it's an amazing – kind of event it doesn't add any time to it it's actually easier commuting in and out but i'll tell you what it just makes it you pull right up off the river right to the stadium you can't beat it which river is that is that the Mongahili or the allegheny or the ohio i can't believe you're, it's not the ohio you're putting me on the spot i believe it's the allegheny the allegheny <laughs> all right that was called Let Me Talk As I Think, and hopefully it comes out right. But that was the allegation. Yeah. I've, I've now confirmed in my, hey, I've been out of Pittsburgh for 20 years, all right? Cut me some slack. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. But let's talk about the Phillies. Oh, you know, we talk about Bryce Harper, what what could have been. But it's more about what they did do. Okay, I'm done talking about the Pirates. They had their moment. Okay, so the Phillies go out. And, you know, first thing, we, we knew they were looking for Adam Jones. 
looking for outfield help. Get Adam Jones. He declined to trade. Everybody, you know, he wanted to stay with his family, all that. I get that. That's fine. Okay. They bring in Cabrera from, from the New York Mets, who was a Philly killer. A guy who could play second, play short, play third. The guy could kind of play all over, which I think was a great deal uh, for the Phillies because it gives them a lot of, you know, they could utilize him in so many different ways. You know, you know, they want to put Kingery back at second in his natural position. Okay. They could play, uh, you know, as Drew Ball at short. You know, they could do so many different things. Get Franco a rest, whatever they need to do. Okay. Then they get Wilson Ramos, which I think was the big surprise. Here's a guy. Okay, he's having an all-star year. He's on a DL right now. He has a little hamstring issue. Uh, you know, me and John are arguing. I, I've heard he could be out as far as September 1st. John thinks he's coming back tomorrow. But, um, you know, he must be eating his lucky charms too. But even though this guy this guy was an all-star, okay, and a lot of people, a lot of people think, why catcher? Okay, you have two young guys, right? You have the prototypical starter. And Jorge Alfaro, who has a cannon for an arm, but can't block a ball to save his life. Okay, you and he has a decent bat. Okay, you have you have Nat. Okay, who Andrew Nap is? Uh, he he remind you know. I'm going to say this, and this is no disrespect to anybody, but he looks like Tiny Tim when he walks up to the plate. He's all uh, he's a smallest catcher I've ever seen. Chokes up on a bat. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know why Tiny Tim comes to my mind, but. He just doesn't look like a baseball player. So, you know, here you go. You bring in Ramos, who bat 297, 14 home runs, 58 RBIs at the All-Star break and missed some time. This dude is stroking the ball. So, I mean, I really think that you're going to see him start most of these games over Alfaro. And I think people, if people don't realize that, it's a move because right now every block ball is going to count. Every runner is going to count, and and listen, Jorge is definitely your, co- your your catcher of the future. But you can throw this guy in; he can learn from him. He can help your team. I mean, hey, listen, this is a win win for me, and a real surprise for the Phillies. Uh, I'm going to chime in first on this because uh, Afaro is lazy. Whoa! <laughs> you lead lazy. You lead MLB in pass balls. And you're not an every you're the everyday catcher for us, but you share time with Nap, and you still have more pass balls than anybody in Major League Baseball. And it's because if you watch Jorge, he is lazy. And Wilson Ramos will start as soon as he's com- he comes and he's healthy. He will play every day. He's an All Star catcher. He can hit the shit out of the ball, yep. and he he is going to be a tremendous upgrade for us. And Jorge better learn, or he's going to be out of the league quickly. Because I don't care if you hit like Mike Piazza, I can deal with the pass balls, but that's not happening. You really went Mike Piazza? Name me the best hitting catcher that you Pudge. know. Pudge. I'll take Piazza. Ah, uh, I think Piazza was on roids. I love. He probably was on roids. And he I got love Pudge. And he got in the Hall of Fame. But and my boy Piazza, Barry and my boy Barry still can't get in. But we'll talk about that on the day. Piazza, <laughs> Piazza hit home runs and hit the ball in timely situations very well. Uh, no, you're, you're, listen, you're right. I just think uh, he'll survive with his arm alone. He will. And, I mean, he'll learn. He'll learn how to block the ball. I, You know, I don't necessarily think he's lazy. I just think he hasn't learned. Listen, this is a guy, you know, 
and played overseas. He, you know, he's played out in the, you know, uh, what, what, what I can't remember the league that they play in in, in the uh, in winter ball, but you know, it, yeah, there you go, there you go, right. So, I just don't think he's really been taught how to play that position. He he was raw when they got him, okay, and but but he projected to be like that. Um, forgive me, uh, uh, St. Louis Cardinals catcher Yachty, yeah. He he projects to be that not not he's not going to be Yadier Molina, but he projects to be that kind of backstop franchise player for ten years. Okay, but he needs work, and I I really like I'm not a big Clintac guy. Okay, I've been on record by saying I'm really not sure if you know his track record speaks for anything, and he's you know do I trust him with this team? But I I really like what he did here. Uh, you know he didn't make that huge splash, but he made a couple moves. You know, with with Cabrera, with Ramos. Oh, don't don't forget Aaron Loop. Okay, we go out and get Aaron Loop. Uh, you know, a left hander out of the bullpen. And in my eyes, you know, he's been with uh, Toronto his whole career. Uh, he was drafted in the ninth round. Even though John thought he was a first round pick, so we had to look. That, <laughs> we had to look I, that I know you're gonna throw it off. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Oh, he's a first round uh, pick, I'm, number one. I, I take total. I think he was the number one pick. The, the no, Aaron Loop. Hey, the, okay. na- the name struck a something in my brain, and it told me, hey, was he? Did he used to be a first? The runner? only I'm going to tell you the best part about this guy. The best part about Aaron Loop is now, hopefully, I no longer have to see that stiff Adam Morgan come into another game. I'm just hoping. Because that guy stinks. Every time he comes on my screen, he loses the game. He gives up a home run. He walks a couple players. I don't even know why this guy's still here. And I keep hearing, you know, media people say, oh, well, who else do you want? Left-handed guy out of the bullpen. Well, guess what? Now we got a left-hander. So hit the road, Jack. Done. I'm done with him. Okay? So maybe this Aaron Loop, the former first-round pick, oh, I'm sorry, ninth-round pick, can give us another arm. (laughs) And I joined that 90-10 club. Yeah. No, 10 percenters. Get it right. 10 percenters. I'm very happy to be a 10 percenter. Very happy. But I talked about baseball. Okay? We got to switch gears. We got to go for the love of the game. And we got to talk about NFL. Okay? We talk about the Eagles. We got to talk about Brian Dawkins. Okay? We got to talk about that, that National Football League Hall of Fame this weekend up in Canton. Okay, we got to talk about Brian Dawkins, Weapon X. Okay, we we had a little off-air discussion before we started this, and I, I don't know if people are familiar, but you know, we had a little one-on-one uh, interview with Derek Gunn. Uh, Derek Gunn flew out, flew out to do the interview, uh, which was pretty interesting. Um, and Dawkins kind of soul searched a little bit. We all know Brian's a very spiritual guy. Uh, if anybody's met Brian, he's very soft-spoken when you meet a one-on-one. Uh, but you can tell, you can see the passion come out of his eyes and come off his lips just by just by talking to him for five minutes, and you know he opened up about you know suicide, depression, uh, you know talking about how he planned to end his own life, uh, you know how the you know the game, you know the the constant grind not only angered him, uh, but also made him very depressed. Uh, he didn't want to be around his kid. He didn't want to be around his wife. Uh, he talked about how his wife Connie helped him through everything. Uh, I thought a very, very sentimental moment, especially now to, to share uh, with the fans because, I, you know, I don't know. I know everybody says Reggie White. I know everybody says, you know, who idolize, who symbolizes the Philadelphia Eagles. 
okay? And and I may be biased by saying this because Dawkins wasn't my era and Reggie White wasn't, but I still think it's Brian Dawkins head over feet um, that symbolizes this franchise. And, and for him to be able to open up and share something like that, I think, it, you know, it may help people, especially people that may be going through the same thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. There, it, It's... It's a sickness. It's, I mean, it's a disease. It's something that cannot just be ignored because it just gets worse and worse. So, I mean, you have to find an outlet, whether it's a therapist, whether it's family. I a, mean, a podcast, a pod, yeah, a podcast. I don't know how much therapy we're going to actually have. But, <laughs> I mean, you, you, you just, yeah, you, you need to find an outlet, and alcohol is not the right one. I mean, it, it's really not when you're down. No, when, where did that I'm, come from? I'm just saying it. When it comes to alcohol, we're talking about that. You're like, and alcohol is not like all of a sudden this is like a made commercial. No, but alcohol, depression, and all those things. All I'm saying nah, you're is right. that you're you, right. You I'm have, sorry. You need to, you know, have somebody, family member, or therapist, or something. I mean, you got to work through it because you can get down a spiraling hole, and it's it's not good. Nah, it's not. It comes by real fast too. Well, B. Doc actually did talk about, which I was surprised about, um, alcoholism. He started to drink. I did, I, I did, oh, okay. He, he he started to drink, and I was shocked when I heard him say it because um, it talked about, like you said, Tony, about him not wanting to be around his family, and he started to drink more and yep. and all these things. And, and yes, w- talking about depression and the NFL players coming forward, I believe that since this movie – concussion came out which i think will smith should have won some type of award for because it's great an movie excellent great movie. movie and it talks about one of my uh, brother's favorite players growing up um <clears throat> and mike webster and what he dealt with and the things he did uh pulling his teeth out of his head and and tasing himself to go to bed and 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 along those lines mental illness and things like that um it's a big deal, and these players that we look up to talking about it, and like John said, it is a disease. And, um, you know, you're a grown man. You're an NFL football player. You're not supposed to be depressed. Eagles uh, fans remember Sean Andrews, who, oh, yes. who dealt with and, and yes, he Sean was Andrews. dealing with depression. He was and the best guard in football for a two, three-year span. Well, he was a phenomenal football player. He was. Tremendous talent, and it, he would have made our line even better than it was. Oof. But – he had mental illness, and they couldn't get it right. And if you know people that have mental illness, it's like a uh, science project because they give you pills and medicine to deal with, and if that don't work, let's go try something else. And it's a tough thing. And Brian opening up like that, I think, is tremendous for uh, for fans and for people to realize that it's a big deal and it needs to be treated like cancer gets treated. I agree. you imagine what his speech is going to be like this weekend? Oh, I mean, his speech is going to be second to none. I mean, you, you, I, you know, I wouldn't doubt that he comes up on stage and does like the, the half of like the Weapon X theme. I, I, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I picture that for some reason. I, I don't know if he will, but I mean, this guy, uh, you know, we just had a, another for, former Philly great and Jim Tomey in the baseball realm get inducted to Cooperstown, and his speech. If you haven't heard it, you got it. it was it was fantastic. It was phenomenal. Another a straight A class act uh, that played in this town. And now we get to listen to Brian Dawkins. We won't be hearing from Terrell Owens, 
uh, because he's declined the invitation to come celebrate in Canton, which I don't disagree with. But, uh, I mean, which I, I don't agree with. But, uh, you know, it's going to be nice to hear Brian and see what he says. But, you know, I was looking at this this class, right? And this is pretty star. I, I don't know how you guys feel, but, I mean, this is this is one of the best five guys that I remember getting in at one time. Uh, you know, you go Brian Dawkins, Terrell Owens, Ray Lewis, Randy Moss, and Brian Erlacher. I mean, three just defensive powerhouses. And two of the, the top receivers to ever play the game besides our, our old man, Jerry Rice. So, I mean, it, you know, and it's it's going to be a phenomenal weekend. Uh, you know, I don't know if, uh, what your guys' opinions are looking at, you know, towards next year. I know because we, when we preview this and we look at, you know, who, who's up for next year. I mean, the, the, the top three first ballot guys and the phase champ, Bailey, Tony Gonzalez, and Ed Reed. So, you know, you got in, in Baltimore, you know, you're going to go one, two. You know, on that Super Bowl team, I mean, who, who else on that defense? Do you, you know, do, does, does Rob, is Rob Woodson in the Hall of Fame? I believe, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know he he was on he was on that Ravens team, right? So he gets in every he's going to get in first bout. Ray Lewis, I mean, you know that, that that was a great team out there, but you know for Brian Dawkins uh, to get in and symbolize that that Jim Johnson era, uh, you know, a uh, football Jim Johnson letting him be who he is, letting him be the leader of that squad between him and Trot. I mean, it's just, you know, so many fond memories of that. It really is. Go get. It was a lot of fun football back then. Uh, oh, huge. Jim Johnson was Andy Reid's must-have coach as soon as he got the job because of how much trouble he had uh, playing against him. And uh, Dawkins was a big part of their success. Those other D-backs as well, uh, Taylor and, uh, and Man, remember Troy that? Vincent. Troy Vincent, Bobby Taylor. Bobby Taylor. Yeah, uh, you know, and B Doc, and Michael Lew- Michael Lewis. Michael Lewis. Michael Lewis was there for a couple years. Before couple years. He got a big contract with San Fran. Yeah, he got Michael big money. Michael Lewis actually made the Pro Bowl as well one year. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he got big money from San Fran. Big money from San Fran. But that that you know, Lido and Bobby back there, man. That was that was such a great tandem. It really was. But Tony Gonzalez, best tight end ever played a game. Hands down. I mean, this is a guy who who quietly just did it all. Atlanta, Kansas City. I mean, this guy was just I, he was just as steady as they call. Him. Hey, John, how many how many fantasy teams did you have Tony Gonzalez on? <laughs> you know what? Not enough. <laughs> yeah. but not enough. Put it that way. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he was he was phenomenal. And and speaking of, you know, we, we talked about Ray Lewis, we talked about Brian Erlacher getting the Hall of Fame. Okay, but speaking of talented linebackers, what is go we had a little off the air conversation, but what is going on with this Khalil Mack situation? Here's a guy, the leader of the Oakland Raiders defense. Obviously Oakland goes out and get Chucky, they get John Gruden, okay? And they bring him in as coach. And this is one of the weirdest, strangest episodes I've ever seen, the where we're talking Khalil, the team, the coach hasn't even talked to this guy since February. Not no contact, no contact since February at all. I've never heard of such a thing. I've never heard of it. I don't get it. Whether you have a contract dispute or not, and if I recall, 
And I know this is Gruden's first year. I know Gruden's an old school guy. I know he's ha- you know he ha- he has his moments. Okay, let's remember, you know, back in two thousand and three, with Keyshawn Johnson. Okay, let's remember when he deactivated Mr. Keyshawn Johnson. So this isn't the first time. You know, he he. I'm not saying he's deactivating Khalil Mack. What I'm saying is not the first time there's been some rumblings with a you know with a player on his team, you know, refusing to come to work. And I know the Keyshawn situation's a little different. Okay, he had some issues, but I mean, still, I mean, you don't talk. I mean, I don't know how you take over the team. Okay, if I'm if I'm if I'm a brand new coach and I'm taking over the team, I'm going my best player on offense, my best player on defense. I want to meet them. You're my captains. You know, here's what I expect. You don't even do that. We're talking. It's gonna be. It's it's August, and you haven't even talked to your number one defender on your team. That's odd, man. It's really really odd. Well, it's it's a leadership style, and that's what Coach Dave and I were talking off air. That, why is that? Well, yeah, but but I'm not, so the leadership not the, style that you just you just completely ignore. It's not you completely ignore a guy who's on a final year of his contract who could go out tomorrow, blow his knee out, never play again, and he's not paid. Right? I don't agree with it, but I'm he just was saying hired I as a head ridiculous. coach, and that's apparently his style. Did not talk to anybody. Apparently, if that's what if that's what's going on, I I, I don't know what the guy's doing. But the, what I you know what I was saying was, look, you have a new team of whatever. You go, you got to talk to your players. You got to relate to these guys. You can't. You're going to get more out of a guy by relating to him than you are trying to impose your will. Look, I know the old school mentality. You march in order. I'm first in line. I get my captains next in line. I get the rest, you know, to follow them. I understand that. But at the same time, you get more out of your team and out of your players by relating to them and, you know, I mean, really figuring out what makes them tick, how much to push them. Some guys need push more than others, you know what I mean? I don't know. And that's that's a player-to-player. That's a personality thing where you have to figure out, you have to be able to read people. And I don't know. It to me, it seems like if that's the case that he's not talking to Khalil Mack, he's either bitter or just going with a straight old school. I don't want to talk to you mentality, like get in line or just get off the team. And I don't necessarily. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. But I ain't an NFL head coach, so obviously, I definitely think it's old school. Um, I have all my brothers are older than me. Um, but we've had discussions about when Terrell Owens held out with contracts and yep. a couple of my family members are union workers as well as I am, and you sign your name to a contract, you abide by the contract, and I said, listen, you don't understand that the NFL is fantasy land, right? It, you might as well be a Hollywood actor because those contracts don't mean anything. They, they, they mean Guarantee something, money. obviously. Guarantee money. That's, That's that it. Mean something that That's it. That that the other stuff, you can just, you might as well just write it on ice because it doesn't yep. really matter. Um, but that is definitely and like what John said, it is old school mentality, and I don't agree with it. I, I, I I'm, we're younger generation, and we believe. I think that the three of us believe in this room that you need to communicate. And yes. you will get more with honey. Well, I, I, with I honey. like more with honey. I like that. I like that. It's true. I mean, you know, if you communicate with this guy, 
maybe you know you can come to some kind of happy medium. Hey, listen, maybe this guy just wants you to reach out to him. Hey, coach, I'm out here, man. Come talk to me. Tell me you want me to be a part of this team. And we live in a world of free agency where guys can leave whenever they want, right? So why wouldn't you want to at least reach out to show, hey, man, listen. Yeah, hey, Khalil, I get it. I understand. You know, unfortunately, you know, I, I'd really like you here meshing with the team. Uh, but I, I do understand your stance. No, unfortunately, I can't do anything about that. Now, I forget. Is Gruden a GM, too? Or is he, they didn't give him full right? So Probably McKenzie is their GM. Yeah, so, I mean, he's just had – listen, I, I just think it, the olive branch needs to be extended. I think if if Chucky thinks he's going to come in here and coach like it's 2001, he's mistaken, okay? He should know better than that, all right? So, hopefully I, – I, I listen, I like Khalil Mack, and, and I think the Raiders are going to be a really good team this year. And they're going to obviously be a better team with Khalil Mack. Uh, and I think the NFL needs a guy like Khalil Mack. And I need a guy like Khalil Mack on my fantasy team. Oh, I told you, you know, I think it was last week, I Oakland Raiders, I see them uh, imp- obviously improving over right. last year. I mean, they, it was, <laughs> they were terrible. But I see them competing. I see the team as a whole. But I tell you what, Gruden needs to get a hold of this team Real quick. Oh, yeah. Make sure that everybody – and when I say everybody's in line, you guys just all got to be on the same boat. Yo, we're working together as a team to win a championship to or to win a division. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know that they have – I'm not going to say they don't have Super Bowl hopes, but, I mean, hey. I would hope got, they do with right. the, the amount of money they spend yeah, on that team. You got to go out. You got to win your division. Number one, win your division. Yep. Then you – you know what I mean? And you go from there. You go out every single game, and you got to win. And that's the mentality that he has to instill in his team. And I don't, uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to do it with the characters. I mean, Amari, Amari Sean Lynch, Amari Cooper hasn't really. I'm only to, here, so I don't to, get fined. Well, and, and Amari Cooper, I don't feel like his head's in the game half the time. No, no, I don't. Is that because he didn't give you enough points week to week on your fantasy team? <laughs> that's all, yeah. No, Come on, because, because he should have stepped up, and it was like. He was either injured or he he couldn't be trusted with drops. Like he just didn't really step up to you know that what I next think? level. I just think he's soft, and that may be the case. I think I think Amari Cooper soft, and that right. Just my opinion. I tell you what, I I was it was amazing to me like that first year when Crabtree came in and took over all those catches. Right. That like you know what I mean you're salivating over Amari Cooper coming out in the draft and oh Derek Michael Parker, Crabtree Michael Crabtree comes with two bay yeah. wheels yeah like a beast stealing the ball don't get it well I mean defenses could have been rolling to Amari's uh, side you guys got to understand that you know, uh, okay. you're planning to take somebody away somebody else is going to be open so. The old man Crabtree was able to steal some catches. Still, Amari uh, uh, Cooper is uh, a beast, in my opinion, and I think you'll see him make plays under Gruden, and Gruden will get him the ball. Um, but there's one thing that Gruden will do to, since we're talking Raiders, and he will definitely run the football. He will run. The yes, football. he will. When he was with the Raiders before, and local guy Rich Gannon was calling the signals for him. They led the NFL with a back by the name of Tyrone Wheatley. Tyrone Wheatley. And and our buddy Charlie Blunts was back there too as well. Charlie so, Garner. And they they led the <sighs> league in rushing with John Gruden at the helm in that West Coast offense. That was uh I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of who who was the um Help me out, Coach Dave. Who was the who, who was a receiver on that team? Well, 
you had Tim, you had Tim, Tim Brown, Brown, right? You had Jerry Rice. Oh, Jerry, I forgot Jerry, Jerry Rice, Rice on that went team. there when they went to the Super Bowl. Wow. Um, what a team Timmy that Brown. What a team that was. I think James Jett. I think James, was, yes. Was that's receiver. a great team. That's why I love doing these. Listen, for all you, that's why I love doing these shows. I'm telling you, whoever's listening right now, believe us, don't believe us. We got no computer in front of us when we're doing this. Okay? Ad living. Okay, I got nothing on my screen that says, you know, what the roster was for whatever year uh, Oakland. These are just, listen, three guys right here that are spitting sports knowledge to everybody. Things that come off the top of our head. Okay, these are three names. I, I didn't recall. Boom, James Jett. Who the hell remembers James Jett? That's, 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 a, that's an awesome name. I love it. But speaking of wide receivers, let's stay on wide receivers. And we're going to parlay right into... Our fantasy talk for the week. Last week, we touched on the almighty running back. And this week, we're going to spend our last 20 minutes talking wide receivers. I know John's going to give me his um his gold, his you know his late-round gold, and guys that he thinks. And I, I, I just want to talk about one name real fast. I want to talk about Larry Fitzgerald. Because I think Larry Fitzgerald is a guy. Obviously, he's not a first-round pick. Okay, but but but... He is the epitome of a football player, right? And he just doesn't age. He is like Jerry Rice. When Jerry Rice just kept going and going and going, right? And when is it? We always say in fantasy, it's going to be the year he takes a step, he takes a step back. Excuse me. And they're like, nah, nah. I, you know, I, I think it is, Mister Consistent, right? But but with the quarterback situation, the way it is out in Arizona, could this finally? be the year we see a big drop in production it could be i don't know and this is this is a it's fence, tough man this is a fence guy this is a fence guy because, I, I agree because you you i mean even in drafts the past two years he's been written off in drafts and then he still comes up with 90 plus catches that's what I'm and saying. then he's like the number one free agent right after the draft getting picked up or you know what i mean it's crazy like he he's he's drafted as a number three number four whatever but it's like nobody believes in the guy and he just keeps showing up year after year. I mean, he went through his share of quarterbacks too. And now he's got Sammy so, Sleeves. Right. I mean, and and hey, it was Carson Palmer. Yeah. It was Kurt Kurt Warner, I believe. Yeah. Was Kurt Warner there? Think yes. about yeah, but let, let's think saying, about how many, how many hold on. quarterbacks. How many stiffs did he have yes, thrown to him? Exactly. So just because of Drew Stanton? Yes. Are you kidding me? And he still put up ninety catches. I mean, this is what's phenomenal about me, about Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, he just catches the friggin' ball no matter who's throwing out there to him. It's just, it's amazing. I, I don't know, man. I, you know, he is a fence guy, but I'm just, I'm still starting. What, what is he? Thirty five? Is he thirty five? Thirty four. Thirty four. I, I, I'm gonna believe. I'm gonna think no matter what, this guy's gonna catch eighty five balls that offense somehow, some way. David Johnson's coming back this year. Okay. I, I don't know. Is it going to be Sammy Sleeves? I, I I don't know. I mean, I, whatever. I mean, does it matter? I, I don't. The one thing Sam could do is throw a couple slants, and he'll probably get him on that. But I mean, he'll, I, he's still going to command the ball out there, man. He's still going to command the ball. So I, I love Larry Fitzgerald. Right? He's, oh, he's, he's the epitome of a professional. Yep. And and a dynamic human being on top of it. Right? You're right. Um. 
I agree. This year, some adversity, not only new quarterback, but new coach as well. Bruce Arians, I don't think, is the head coach there anymore. Is that correct? Does Bruce Arians step down this year? I think he's out of Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. We'll have to take a look at that. But um, <clears throat> We're so busy about, uh, about fantasy football, I'm not worried about coaching changes. You know what I mean? Well, I should know that, but I'm, I'm no. Pretty, but now he did sure. step. He did step down. He did. The, he he actually joined the uh, the CBS broadcast booth. Okay. By the way, yeah, he's uh, going to be with Greg Gumble and Trent I Green. Tell you, I could tell you uh, my coaching tree through Bruce Arians, who coached me, but that's a different story. Anyway, Larry <laughs> Fitzgerald, uh, I think will struggle this year, and this will be part of his down year because of the new coach, because of a new quarterback, but. You never know with this guy. Like ninety catches, I guess. Sammy, Sammy, we'll find him. And if, like you said, David Johnson comes back and they hand the ball off, you know, he's going to be open. Let's just say that. But I don't know ninety catches this year. I think that's a large number for a new coach and a new quarterback combo. I yeah, listen, it really could be. Okay, it really could be. He just, it, it, you know, I I always try to temper expectations. You know, and, and, and you wonder. You wonder where they're going to go. You know, we we do mention you know Sammy Sleeves, but you know you have to you have to remember too. You know, offensive coordinator Mike McCoy basically comes in here. He's you know he's had he stints in Denver, uh, so he he's built offenses around guys like Trevor Simeon, who in my mind stinks. Okay, Brock Osweiler. Okay, who stinks. Okay, so he's so maybe he can build an offense around Sammy Sleeves. I don't know, but but remember they got Josh Rosen out there too, so you know, and, and they they think a lot of this guy, even though I think he's a head case. You know, he's another you know Matt Liner kind of guy, which is perfect for Arizona. <laughs> I like yes, a, a, a privileged guy, right? Who who's been given a lot in his years, if not everything. Okay, but you know there 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 was a lot of similarities with this guy. Am I am I right? This is the guy they they they, they threw to uh, the Joe Flacco, right? And they did they did they, did they compare to Joe Flacco a lot during the draft? Josh Rosen. They, uh, they, no, no, uh, that you're thinking of uh, who am I thinking the kid of? from that went to Buffalo? Ah, um, uh, Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Okay, yeah, that's different. But but I I don't know. Maybe maybe Arizona. I mean, let's face it. Arizona's not going to contend for a Super Bowl. So maybe they decide, hey, you know what? Sammy Sleeves will start. We know he's probably going to get injured anyway. So by the time week four comes around, he's probably, not, he's probably on the bench anyway. And Rosen's in there, right? So, I mean, it, but you're still going to script the game around Larry Fitzgerald. So, but you're right, Dave. I think if 90 balls could be a lot to ask for from this guy. Uh, but uh, he's still going to be, in my eyes, uh, uh, John's like this, in my PPR league where I don't have all these ridiculous scoring systems and you know not this dinosaur starting lineup he can be, maybe be a flex guy on my team and I think he's a really good flex guy to have yeah I mean the offense is going to be around David Johnson well one. right but I'm talking about receiver wise well, right in terms of receivers yeah they've been trying to find that second receiver for I mean I can't count how many years they John, thought John, John Brown. Yeah, I know. And I loved every year that everybody drafted John Brown because he was the next best thing. And I'm like, all right, let me see it. I went Didn't after happen. him. I, well, I never did. You never went ne- after John Brown? Never been on any of my teams whatsoever. No. No. But the bottom line is, look, whether it's Sam Bradford, it doesn't matter who's a quarterback. Look, it's David Johnson 
And the first thing that quarterback needs to know in Arizona is who do I look for? Larry Fitzgerald. And if you throw it in his vicinity, there's a good possibility he'll be semi-open, and even if not, put it in his hands, dude, and he's catching it. How many balls he gets this year, I'll tell you what. This is one hard thing. I mean, you look at the past three years, and granted, past three years, different quarterbacks, different, you know, offensive coordinator. But, I mean, you're talking, like, over 100 balls, like, solidly over the past three years. I mean, is he really going to drop 30 catches? I mean, I don't know. I he's he's a hard guy to rank. He's getting up there, but he's still the go-to. I mean, like you said, the passing game. If it ain't a dump off to David Johnson, I mean, Larry Larry's the guy on third downs. You know, what I mean, it's get, getting the ball. No, you're right. I mean, don't don't forget about Reggie Nelson on that team too. Reggie Nelson had a nice little breakthrough season last year, right? Am I right or wrong? Now he was on my fantasy squad. John's giving me, hey, you know, say I have had a gone. number two receiver on on Arizona on my fantasy squad since like maybe David Boston days or something. David Boston, wow, that was like Jake Plummer days. Yeah, <laughs> See, Arizona still has the same caliber quarterback. No. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 is true. That is true. But come on, you uh, listen. Reggie Nelson had a nice little breakout year last year. That's all I'm saying. But well, here, here's a name for you before we get into rankings. There's a guy who really intrigues me because I, I, I one young team that I really like is the Chicago Bears. I like Mitch. I like what Trubisky did. I like how he grew. Okay? Al Robinson, Penn State's own, right? A guy coming off an ACL. Okay? Is he going to be back to full strength? This is a guy who... Your quarterback loves a guy that can go up and get the ball. Uh, you know, if, if Bortles knew how to throw the ball, know, know how to throw the ball enough in, in, in his first couple of years, Al Robinson would have been that much better. Okay, but um, you know, what do you think? I mean, all reports are the guy looks pretty good here. You know, he's building a nice, you know, a nice relationship with, with with Trubisky. But you know, where what are you looking at Al Robinson this year? Uh, that's a good question. You know what I mean? I mean. Uh... You never know. Look, he's coming. He's a new. He's a new guy. Uh, who's their second receiver? Uh, I know they got Miller, the rookie, that, but he's probably going to be number three. I forget who their number two is, but you got to figure. Meredith out. ain't there anymore, are, is no, he? No, but you got to figure out who. The, when you have new quarterback receiver combinations, you got to figure out what the tandem's going to be. All right, there's been quarterbacks that come in. It, it was always, you know. The number one receiver. Let's let's just say this year we you got Denver. All right, you got Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas. You have one quarterback. He could prefer one guy. You could have another quarterback prefer another guy. It could be the offensive coordinator drawing up the game plan. It could be the comfort level of the quarterback. It could be the timing on timing routes versus the ability to throw accurate deep balls. You know what I mean? You don't you don't really know, but. It's I don't know. It's gonna it's it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be where's he where where's he at the the, the Coker value chart? I'm curious. You you're, look you're looking gave a final. Uh, nah, I got him at 21. I got him at 21. Uh, all right. Who? Uh, uh, here, I don't necessarily. Wait a I, mean, I don't feel that comfortable. Who's above him, him and who who's who's above him and who's before him? All right. So go in. It looks like we got. Demarius Thomas, Landry. I love Jarvis Landry. Juju and Golden Tate. And this is in a full PPR. Wow. 
And I'm, this is just the way the rankings are. This ain't necessarily how I draft them. I'm still honing all this stuff in. Juju, so, huh? Then after them, I got Pierre Garçon. Mm-hmm. I got Crabtree, Emmanuel Sanders. I think that's low for Sanders. Oh, yeah. Like I said, they got Case Keenum. I don't know. Emmanuel What's wrong Sanders, with Case Keenum? Nothing's wrong with him. But Emmanuel Sanders only ca- only catches like four touchdowns a year. And I understand. <laughs> Here I we am- go. Touchdowns again. It doesn't matter. Touch, each catch is worth one point. Each touchdown is worth six. So okay. you saying the touchdowns don't matter. Yes, they are hard to predict. But when I look at Emmanuel Sanders' touchdowns Driving over the nuts. past X number of years, dude, I'll tell you what. I can predict that he ain't going to catch no nine to ten touchdowns. Okay, who, so. Who is, who is the top receiver? For touchdowns last year, who's who has the most touchdowns as a receiver for last year? Well, while we're looking that up, because I don't have it off the top of my head, it'll be it's an interesting question because it goes right in the, it's going to go right in the, into my argument. Okay, if we're talking about a guy, I'm going to draft. So I'm going to draft player A, player B. Okay, and I'm going to give you my theory. So and John loves my theories. Okay, but if I go player A. He scores nine touchdowns. Or I draft player B, who scores six touchdowns. So you mean to tell me that three times six, which is 18, 18 points is going to make or break your fantasy team? That's nothing to do with it. Wait, well, hold on. Wait, wait a minute. No, wait. no, no. Right. So, gonna, again, it's going to give my fantasy touchdowns, team 18 more listen, points. Touchdowns are a luxury. In a PPR league, they are well. Well, to, to, so the six touchdown guy okay has fifteen hundred yards. Okay, and the nine touchdown guy has eleven. Okay, so that's what. I, so I agree with you. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I, you're I, not I, looking at touchdowns as a number one no. deal breaker. You got to look for. Points per reception. I, yeah, I cannot wait. Hold on. I, I cannot wait till we have this on video. Dude, John's eyes Emmanuel, like popping out of his head. Because Emmanuel Sanders isn't catching 90 freaking balls in a PPR. Who's talking about Emmanuel Sanders? Dude, we were just talking about <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders and his number of touchdowns. I, you said I have him too low. He, you, you said why? I said I only have him four touchdowns. You got into the touchdown discussion. Right. Okay. My point, my point is, he's only catching seventy-seven balls and getting four touchdowns. Even if he's getting six touchdowns, you said touchdowns don't matter. They don't. Seventy-seven balls in a PPR does not put him higher than where I have him ranked. How do you come up with seventy-seven? Seventy-seven, because last year he had forty-seven in twelve games, seventy-nine, seventy-six the two years prior. So you tell me how I didn't come up with seventy-seven. <laughs> Dude, I I think you just sweat. Dude, you're sweating so hard over there. Look at oh my I've been god! Because it's hot as anything yeah. down here, man. Right, what's wrong with the studio? Now you're sweating in the studio. A- AC's broken. No, yeah, AC's on, brother. It's all the sauce over there. And Come on, man. He's got his wool pirates jersey on yeah. too. And, and, and yeah. Archer, Archer. They just bought it before he came over here. Come on, stop! Who's on that jersey, by the way? Oh no, this is this is no this is no name. That's a violation. It says Coker okay, one. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there we go. 
<laughs> you yeah. know what? It's a long story, and I ain't trying to throw somebody under the uh, bus. Here we go. It's always go to somebody else. All right. Give me your top ten touchdown, man. Give right. me, let's go top ten. Look, top ten, and I seriously, it's amazing that I view there's top ten running backs and top ten receivers. My goal in drafts is to get one of each of them. So I got Antonio Brown one, Hopkins two, Beckham three. This is where it gets a little dicey. So I got four guys within four points, which is less than a touchdown for me. Yeah, there's a touchdown. So I got four guys. So these guys, like you said, and I agree with you, you cannot predict touchdowns. It could be up one or up down, and so these guys are interchangeable. But I got Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, and A.J. Green, all within four points of each other, ranked four through seven. Wow, that's high, man. Then I go Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Doug Baldwin closes it out. Ooh, Mike Evans at nine. I don't I don't like Evans this year with, with the quarterback issue going Me on. Me neither. Let's go. Let, let, let's cut you off, though. So, at top five. Because we did top five last week. So, I want to hear. So, what, your top five again is, is who? Just give me top five. See, and you're you're cutting off my uh, my three point difference guy. Well, no, because we did top. We're no, saying with the same you. theory. I hear you. So right. who's your top so, five? I, if I got uh, that's see that's a they're so close. AJ Green will not be in the top five. It comes down to Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, and Michael Thomas. Even though I look, Keenan Allen has injury history. When he plays, he's been a beast, and I like the guy. But he's he's been a you know over the past three years he's probably missed a season and a half. When he plays, I like him. Julio Jones, he's going to get you a two hundred yard, twelve catch game, and I'll bet you he makes up half of his stats in three games. I don't like his consistency, especially when I'm trying to win playoff games and this and that. So I'm going Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones. Okay. Julio would be outside of the top five. How about you, Dave? Well, I'm I'm looking at these names and and um, I, the guy that sticks out to me this year is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Love D Hop. I think uh, Antonio Brown, obviously, you know the stability between him and Roethlisberger, but uh, what Deshaun Watson did with 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 Hopkins last year, when when they were together and and they're back, I think that's going to be exciting. The other guy. I hate to say it, but Odell is going to have a huge year, and and I believe Odell is going to have a huge year because of one reason, and it's Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Barkley, and <clears throat> that's where I'm at. They're, they're my top three. Um, Julio's always a question mark. Keenan Allen, like John said, he just has to stay healthy, right? That, um, that's his biggest thing, man. And here's here's my dark horse again, and it's not really a dark horse. Dark horse. I like dark horses. Uh, A.J. Green, oh, I, I think. I don't like A.J. Green. Well, I know it's because of Andy Dalton. You shouldn't like A.J. <laughs> Green because of Andy Dalton. You don't know what he's going to do. But you don't. I, I believe that Dalton is going to figure a lot of shit out and su- surprise a lot of people this year, in my opinion. We'll see. Well, they got a way better O-line this year. So, I mean, that is going to help the overall offense. Marv Lewis still has pictures of somebody. And Mixon. Uh, uh, I know the, uh, the 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 girl beater is going yeah. to have a. He's going to have a good year. Yes, he's as long as he stops slapping talent. girls around, he's going to have a good year. Yes, if he he puts that much effort into running the football, he should have a successful season. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna end this with my top five. John always loves my top five. 
because I always throw a curveball in there, okay? But AB's my number one, hands down, okay? D Hop is a very close one. He's like my 1B, even though he's number two. Uh, I, I'm going Michael Thomas at number three. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year this year. Odell at number four. And I think Devontae Adams is going to have a giant year in Green Bay. And I think he could actually be the third receiver on this chart when it's all said and done. I think he is going to have a historic year out there in Green Bay with the Magic Man, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. But listen, we're at the closest down, dude. This, this, this thing... I mean, this is unbelievable. We we, we got to close this down. I mean, we, we just had a, a, another great hour, another great hour of talk. Uh, for everybody listening, we appreciate it. Uh, you know, w- hopefully we gave you a nice drive on your lunch break. Or, you know, if you're going to get your lunch, okay, maybe you, you downloaded us the next day. Okay, you know, tomorrow maybe you'll listen to us, maybe you'll listen to us tonight. Uh, but, again, thank you for all the support. Uh, a lot of good things coming here on the Heat Ratio Podcast. Uh, we're going to sign off. I'm your host, Tony Cotillo, at TCatillo23, joined by John Coker at PGHJohn36. And Coach Dave with no handle as of yet. Ah, we're going to get there, buddy. We're going to get <laughs> That's there. That's awesome. I love that. That was, that was one of the great outros I've heard in a long time. All right, everybody, enjoy your Wednesday, and we will see you next week.